0: We always have fun on Speak of the Devils, Matt Lachlan with Amanda Stein, whether we talk with a player, someone from management, the alumni. But I think today we're in for a lot of fun because we're talking to a man who just has great insight, great opinion, and lives life. We know him as Mr. Devil, Ken Danico as our guest. I'm very excited.
1: And, and don't forget, he also lives life with a ton of enthusiasm, right? It's just like everything is half glass full, excited. Uh, you, I mean, you've spent many, many years with him the last couple of years for me, the last three years getting to really know Dano, you know, on a personal level on our bus rides to and from the airport or to the rink. Um, He's awesome. He's just the best. Yeah, he's just
0: the best. I mean, and his lo- insight
1: is very important too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he loves his association with the Devils currently as an alumni rep, uh, but also with his work with the MSG Networks. It's been a relationship that goes back to being drafted by the team. He never yep. left. He's been a part of the landscape here in New Jersey for so very, very long. And he's got terrific insights. And you know, it's been a long time since we've seen him. I you know, I haven't seen Dano. I mean, we've done some things like this where, you know, we'll talk or, to him or there's a Zoom. Uh, we had the reunion of uh, Stanley Cup champions and he was, you know, part of that. But yeah, I haven't like seen the big fella in a long time. I'm, I'm kind of missing all that. Yeah, I haven't seen you since I know. March.
1: I know. I know. It's really wild. Like we've, it's very hard to wrap your brain around sometimes when, you know, everything suddenly ended with the season and you think, oh, maybe it'll be two weeks, three weeks. And, you know, we just need everyone to continue doing their part. A vaccine is on the way, but that doesn't mean we can like lay off. We need to get to that point. And a lot of things will return to, you know, a different normalcy.
0: Yes. And I should be clear, we did see each other around uh, free agency. We did some shots that and is shows true. That is from true. Prudential <laughs> Center. So we were face-to-face, but not enough, not the way we normally do. I it. couldn't we're give not, you a
1: big hug, not man. Not on a regular like, basis. Know, like- and
0: we're wearing masks and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I'm tired about the coronavirus. It's such a part of our life, I know, but I want to talk some hockey. So Me without too. further ado, why don't we bring in the man who's Three-time Stanley Cup champion. Number has been retired by the Devils, and it hangs over the ice at Prudential Center. Let's bring in Kenny Danico. Well, Kenny, the last time we spoke with you, you were en route to vacation. So before we kick things off, how was vacay? How was it to get away for a little bit?
2: Well, it was nice just to to relax a little bit, and obviously, uh, we're all going through this tough time together the pandemic but uh, my wife works extremely hard and she needed a little bit of a break of just relaxation uh, up at a lake and uh, we just hung out for a little bit did a whole lot of nothing and I'm just hoping we get hockey back soon here I know they're working out the National Hockey League and Players Association to get us back on the ice so we're all looking forward to that obviously Maddie. but uh I can't do too many vacations, uh, so uh, let's get back to work. <laughs> if you call it a vacation, it was just sitting around.
0: But I think okay. I think we all agree with that sentiment. That's for sure. So, what's it like for you? I'm just curious. You know, we hear about players and their schedules thrown off. Amanda, you can weigh in on this. Of course, uh, we should be doing games right now. It's Thanksgiving. I, uh, you know. For years, Dano, as you know, the Devils were away on Thanksgiving, never celebrated Thanksgiving at home. I was always in a hotel room or a Super Bowl, but not a Super Bowl, but a football game somewhere uh, <laughs> on the road. Lately, we've been home, so I've had a chance to be with family, but the whole rhythm has is, has just changed. It's kind of odd, isn't it? You don't know
2: which uh, which
0: way is up, which way is down, or what day it is, what month it is,
2: kind of matter It's all blended together for me, but... Uh, you know, I've, I've stayed somewhat involved in our game. Obviously, I do a little NHL network at times, and and that's been uh, important for my uh, mindset just to, to keep in the hockey mode somewhat. Uh, but I want to get back with our team and the Devils, just like you guys, no, no different. But it is what it is, and I just hope everybody's safe, healthy, and, and you know, obviously, like you guys, have a lot of friends that, Uh, are are going through a lot of tough times right now. And certainly I just wish and hope we hear about this vaccine coming. I'm one of those guys that is a glass half full guy. I always try to stay positive. So we're going to get through this and and hopefully sooner than later, now that we have some good news with a vaccine here coming up.
1: It's funny because, you know, you mentioned you don't know which day is what. I think like all three of us on here, and especially you, Dano, your whole life, you're so used to like, okay, well, it's a game day, it's an off day, or it's a practice day. Like, I feel like I really have to check now to see what day of the week it is because you just don't know and it's carried on for so long. So what do you miss most other than maybe the, the rhythm of the season?
2: Well, you mentioned, Amanda, I mean, we have such a regiment, whether it's as a player or even us now, and doing what we do for the Devils organization, the broadcast, everything else is we're used to being scheduled and, and <laughs> having a routine, and I kind of like that. It's been that way for my my whole life since 15 years old when I went away from home to play junior hockey, and now, yeah, it's nice to have a little time here and there with family obviously get to spend a little more time with family. I've spent more time with my kids during uh, the pandemic and, and whatnot. And the, and the hockey, uh very uh, far and few between, like I said, a few NHL network shows at times and being on with you guys is always nice and gets you, <laughs> and gets you that hockey mode again, a little bit or somewhat anyway, but uh, it's been weird. It's different, obviously, but you, you roll with the punches. And like I said, I'm a, always have been one of those guys that stays positive. Right? And because and there's, this is out of our control. Lou Lamarello taught me that when things are out of your control, even when I was a player and a young fired up kid all the time and wanted to do more, do this or do that. And always, uh, you know, thinking about uh, what ifs, he goes, if it's out of your control don't worry about it, it's out of our control. All I do is hope and pray and that everything, uh, gets back to normal sooner than later Amanda just like all you guys I'm sure but it's the regiment the routine I've loved it I've had it for 40 years some people say well it's nice maybe to to get a stray away from your regiment but that's all I know so I miss that (laughs) and I miss watching our team play I miss watching the Devils play I'm so excited about uh going forward and all the young prospects and Binghamton finishing so strong before the pause with all those young guys maybe uh Getting closer to the cracking the lineup, there's going to be more competition. I look for the development of Hughes and Heesher, and you missed that. It's been too long, certainly. So let's hope we're we're back soon.
1: I think one of the things, in a sense, that we've been blessed with, considering that A, we work for the Devils and not in return to play this summer is that there were so many changes and we've really had storylines to follow and to embrace over the last few months, whether it's Tom Fitzgerald getting the interim tag taken off, Lindy Ruff, Mark Recchi, you know, we've had a lot in this absence of hockey to talk about. And I think Maddie, that's really why we brought on Dano because there's so much here to talk about.
2: Amanda, you have to keep give me a scorecard because it's been
1: so long ago.
2: It's, I almost forgot there's a whole new coaching. <laughs> mean, I mean,
1: we literally well, we a whole new coaching.
0: <laughs> well, it has been a summer of change. In fact, the changes continue uh, lately. A couple of people behind the scenes may not be familiar to Devils fans per se, but an assistant trainer moved on to another opportunity in the league. A uh, person involved in our Sports performance, that's probably not the right title, but the sports performance side, uh, more than strength and conditioning, a lot more involved in that. He moved to another team as well. So there have been changes all around. Let's start, uh, Dano, with your thoughts of what we might expect from a veteran coach like Lindy Ruff coming in after having been away as a head coach but not away from the game.
2: Well, I can't imagine uh, we talk about our regiment and uh, being away from the game so long I can't imagine becoming uh, a head coach again it's been quite some time for Lindy Ruff and and having to wait in the anticipation of getting together with with all this yeah. young talent and these guys but you know look Lindy Ruff's an experienced guy we all know that right and, and sometimes it's all about timing and where your organization's at and I have said it before I think he's the right fit at the right time from the standpoint and he's going to be hungry he's getting an opportunity here sometimes people say well why are you bringing a coach that's you know uh, people talk about recycled or talk about you know we've we've gone the route of young coaches getting opportunities and, and there's no right or wrong what I'm saying is it's timing and a fit uh, for a or- certain organization I think Lindy Ruff is that perfect fit right now from the standpoint that He's been through it all. He's had success. He coached the Buffalo Sabres for 15 straight years. You don't do that without doing a lot of good things. He got Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn to have their best productive offensive seasons when he was head coach of the Dallas Stars. So those are positives, right? And we have a lot of good young players in the New Jersey Devils, a lot of good young prospects now that Tom Fitzgerald and his crew have done a real good job, along with Ray Shearer, the prior general manager, of accumulating. And I think Lindy Ruff is a guy that can prepare these guys and teach them what it takes on a nightly basis, daily basis in practice, in games, to, to have consistency, to, to become a pro. Uh, no better than a guy like Lindy Ruff who's been around this game for so long and has seen everything, right? So I'm excited to get going just to watch uh, him interact with the players. And, and any time a guy's been around as long as him and I – I use a guy like Larry Robinson when I played, I mean, or Jacques Lemaire. Look, these guys were experienced. They've been there, done that. Lindy Roth's been there, done that as a player. He's done it as a coach. Uh, So you have a tendency to listen a little more. I was going to ask you that, Dennis.
0: Just to interrupt there, I was was going to ask that. Why does that matter? When a player listens or is sitting in his stall and he's listening to the coach and the coach has stripes... Does it matter? Does it not matter? Why should it matter when someone with that experience walks into the room versus someone who doesn't quite have that resume?
2: Well, first off, a coach has to gain a player's respect, right? And I know they everybody's different personalities and, and you treat every player a little bit differently. You know, you have to figure out uh, what makes them tick and, and how to get the most out of each individual and as well as collectively get the most out of your team. But, look, as a player for me, it didn't matter who's coaching. I mean, I have to listen. I have to try and respect uh, their game plan, respect what they expect out of me, uh, and so on. But having said that, yeah, when I get a veteran coach that came in and a guy that's been through it all, whether it's in the coaching realm or whether it's as a player, you have a tendency to want to listen a little bit more or go, look. This guy's done it. He's been through it. He's been through it as a coach, as a player, and a guy that's had a lot of experience. That you just have a tendency, in general, I would think. I hope you listen to any coach you have because there's some great young coaches out there, and that uh, you know get opportunities as well. And uh, but along the way, you, you, a guy that right now I think it's the right time for a young team that's on the cusp, like the Devils, and, and the good prospects they have to have a veteran, have veteran leadership. Uh, at the top in Lindy rough, and it just seems seems that you listen a little more, you absorb a little bit more Maddie of what the message they're sending to you, whether it's as an individual, your own game or as a team
1: I'm wondering what you think about you know you talk about Lindy and that. Respect, but he's really surrounded himself in this coaching staff with an interesting group of people when it comes to Chris Taylor, who's played in the league under rough, didn't play, you know, I think he played 149 games, but has ample, ample experience in hockey and coaching at the AHL level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have someone like Mark Recky, who needs no introduction either. And then I think the really key point here is that Naz has remained with the team and he has decided that he wants to continue to learn to, you know, still be with this team. How important is that, that when you have a pretty much all new coaching staff, someone as highly respected in the room, as we know, as Naz is still there?
2: Well, I think there was a lot of thought uh, amongst amongst the devil hierarchy on on the team they wanted to assemble as far as the coaching staff, uh, led by Tom Fitzgerald and everybody else involved. And exactly alluding to what you said, Amanda, you get the experienced guy in Lindy Ruff, which is a good fit in my opinion, because you have all this young talent, and you, and you want a guy that's uh, that knows what he's doing. And then all of a sudden, you bring in Chris Taylor, a guy that can relate to the players. Uh, you know, has coached in the American Hockey League, knows a lot about these young guys' trials and tribulations and struggles <laughs> and ups and downs that he can really relay uh, and lend his experience from that standpoint. Mark Recchi. Uh, a champion, a Stanley Cup winner, how many? Four times, I believe it was, three or four times along the way. Ample experience as far as a National Hockey League player as he played, uh, uh, what, 1,500 games plus in the National Hockey League. has assistant coaching experience, has coached the greats like Sidney Crosby and Malkin, and, and he's had a success offensively. We know the Devils need to continue to improve in a lot of areas, and, and these young guys... What it takes on a nightly basis to score consistently. So I like the balance that the Devils have put together here. You want a team, it's not just you pluck this guy because he's a good guy or he's a pretty good coach. It's a fit, it's timing, and I think they've kind of assembled a crew that they feel can add different dimensions uh, to the team, to the coaching staff, and get the most out of each player.
1: And just specifically to Naz, I mean, how important. Or maybe it's not important, but just like to have at least one yeah. guy who's been there. Like, what, what does that Absolutely. say to you? Absolutely.
2: And, and and I was just going to go there, man, as far as, and I think it's fantastic that Naz decided to stay on. We Look, he did a terrific job and very well yeah. could have been the head coach of, of the New Jersey Devils. They went a different direction. They decided to go with even more experience in Lindy Ruff. So that's uh, that's the organization's decision, I think. It was a smart decision at the time. That's nothing against Elaine Nazarene, because I thought he was fantastic. He, he's a guy full of energy. He's got experience. And, yes, he can ease the transition and really give the new uh, coaching staff, the blend that, that has come in, you know, a little more insight on each individual, each player. Right. So that also, I think, went into the thought process of the Devils organization. And they have a lot of respect for Lane Nazarene because what he has done here and certainly had the team going. Before the pods, I know it seems like eons ago.
1: <laughs> it does.
2: <laughs> but the last four to six weeks, they were playing pretty darn good yep. hockey, were they not? So I think uh, it's just a really nice mixture of coaches here. And then that's why they can't wait to get started. We can't wait as well. But uh, I always am a little reserved. Like like I said, love what they've assembled from you know some of the additions on the ice as players, as well as the coaching staff. But then you see if it all meshes together, that's the responsibility of of this staff.
0: Well, that's what we're all waiting for when we eventually get back, what this team will look like. One last note about Naz, the fact that he decided to stick around, that could not have been an easy decision per se, Mm -hmm. because he wanted to be the head coach, yet he must have liked and must like what he sees, what he knows this team has bubbling up, that he wanted to stick around and be a part of it. So what did you make of some of the moves over the summer that were made by the Devils, uh, whether it was uh, acquiring Andreas Johnson, signing Corey Crawford, (laughs) what are those things that you saw this summer that make you smile?
2: First off, through my experience as a player and, you know, being on teams that added players in the offseason, added free agents, added players at the deadline, for the most part, the subtle signings or trades have worked out far better than the big splash. The, the more, uh, the big names, shall I say, uh, from my, from recent history, uh, from my standpoint. So I look at certain areas that the Devils addressed. They needed to get bigger on defense. Well, they got bigger in Kulikov and Murray certainly and Murray has to stay healthy, we all know that. Kulikov's been inconsistent at times throughout his career but he's big he plays an abrasive game these guys can end plays in their zone that's an area the Devils wanted to address Tom Fitzgerald made no bones about it I happen to agree with him that's certainly we know the way the game's gone it's the new age defenseman a puck moving defenseman and the Devils still have some guys that are capable at and certainly a young Ty Smith whether it's now or it needs a little work in in Binghamton we will see but they have those parts. You need a nice balance in the back end, but there's no question they needed to get bigger on the back end, a little stronger. Murray's very sound defensively. Played very well in Columbus. The key is to stay healthy for him, right? Obviously, guys and guys just can get the puck up. You know, it's about that first pass transition game. You don't need. You, you can't win, in my opinion, with just six guys that could join the play and, and make dazzling plays from the back end. Yeah, you want a few of them, Matthew. If you can find yeah. them and Amanda, but <laughs> you, need, you need that balance. Well, and how I many times last year
0: How many times last year were the Devils pinned in their own end? Couldn't yep. get the puck out. The four check killed them. The pass wasn't tape to tape. Uh, Everyone's Ryan,
1: exhausted. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so dump it in and make a change. You know, Ryan Murray can make that pass. I, mm-hmm. I was on a radio show in Winnipeg, and at the end I said, hey, listen, tell me about Dmitri Kulikov. And the host <laughs> was like, oh, good luck, boy, but because he doesn't score. They said, but if you enjoy a pass out of your own end, then you'll like them. I said, I love them already because we need that. (laughs) That's what we need. Let's not diminish
2: that. Where do you feel, and certainly I do, I know what I feel, where's the devil's strength? They've got speed up front. They've got some young, skilled players now up front. Get them the puck last year, especially the first 20, 30 games, too much dilly-dallying in their own zone going east to west. Get the puck, get it up, Ice, and let the forwards do their thing. Yeah, you need defensemen that can join the rush, join the attack. And they have some of those guys, you know, in the near future coming and will continue to draft along the way. And they still have – look, there's a long way to go here. They still have room to add – another player if need be, but I think patience is a virtue for the devils right now, because we know teams are going to be up against the cap. They don't have to worry about it. Now they're allowed to be 10% over until opening night, where maybe there's going to be a little panic with some organizations that there's going to be a really good player available, whether it's on defense or up front. But I look at a guy like Johnson, he's going to get even more of an opportunity. The Leafs were stacked up front. That was their strength, right? He did have a 20 plus goal season. He's a guy that now comes in and has an opportunity to be a top six forward here with the devils. He can skate, he can make plays. So it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. I think he could be a really good fit. And then obviously the devils wanted to go in a different direction and goal for the, a 1-1-8 type situation with, the developing Mackenzie Blackwood, who we've seen so many great things from and believe he's going to be a stud and the number one guy if he isn't already. But you get a Corey Crawford who's won cups. He's experienced. Nine seventeen save percentage on a team that gave up the most offensive opportunities in the National Hockey League last year. Uh, I checked my analytics. I'm continuing to grow with that. (laughs) His numbers are good. Sometimes he does it unorthodox. Sometimes if I watch him, he, he makes you a little nervous, but what does he do? Stop the puck, and he's experienced, and he's been there, done that. I think he's going to be terrific for the Devils. He's excited to be here. Uh, we all loved Corey Schneider. We all know what he brought to this team and his leadership. And uh, let's face it, he carried the team for the first couple of years and kept them around. And uh, when the team certainly was uh, not very good at the time, but he kept them around in a playoff hunt. But I, the Devils decided that. Uh, You know, we need to go in a different direction. It was good for Corey Schneider to get another opportunity somewhere else as well. And then maybe that uh, that changes scenery type thing. But I'm excited about Corey Crawford. He's just a consistent guy that knows how to win games, knows how to make big saves at the right time. And I think it's going to be a nice mix, especially with compacted schedule, which we think it will be, guys. Right. But you're going to need both. Oh, yeah. Play a lot of hockey.
1: I I like what you said there also about Corey Schneider because, you know, Tom Fitzgerald said that was the most difficult phone call Mm. he's really had to make as a hockey man in this business. Um, And you can understand why now being a half glass full kind of guy, Dano, I have to ask you about the benefit of, you know, what could potentially be nine to 10 months off from hockey for a player like Jack Hughes, who I, you know, you'd ask him, you can ask anyone, he probably didn't have the season he was expecting to have as a new guy coming in. But now when he comes back, he'll be closer to 20 than he is to to 18, if you know what I mean. So that must be a huge difference.
2: No question. Look, no player wants to be off this long, obviously. And uh, uh, the circumstances uh, were just that. I mean, we're in unprecedented times. Having said that, Amanda, couldn't agree with you more. I think what you're alluding to is his his body's able to fill out. He's going to mature more into a man, not just from working out, but just in general. And what I always loved about Jack Hughes, look, we know how young, he came in as a young 18-year-old, a lot of pressure, number one overall. Team didn't start Mm -hmm. very well. That can be very difficult for an 18-year-old. But he's still very confident. You didn't see his head, his body language on the bench. He – I felt anyway, he knows when it clicks and when it gets a little more experience and when he gets a little stronger, which he's had a long time to do that. And if you looked at him lately, he does look more like a man. He does. Solid. He
1: looks more solid.
2: More solid. Yeah. He came in like a baby last year that (laughs) when it clicks for him with all that skill he has and the skating ability and puck handling ability that it's going to just take off from there. So I think uh, that's, Exciting for Devils fans, for Jack Hughes as well. But they have to absolutely uh, be chopping at the bit to get back and, yeah. and get their game going. Because I think he's excited about where he can can go and, and see uh, with becoming a little more mature and a little more, you know, physically ready for the National Hockey League. I think he's going to be that much more confident coming this season, along with a lot of guys. I mean, I look at the Boquist and, and certainly even Nico Heischer, who we know has been around a little bit now, though. You know, now it's his time to take, even take another step, take that bigger step. Those are the, these guys are the future and the leaders of this, this hockey team. I haven't forgotten the the great veterans of Zajac and Palmieri, the guys that you need. We know that those guys are going to lead these young guys, but eventually the team's going to be handed over to these guys and they have to continue to grow together. And there's going to be a lot of competition this year. Whether it's the Polkinens, and we can go on down the list of the young guys that played so well in Binghamton along the way, Gonna, uh say that for Jaren me. Like, Jarogovich. Jarogovich. playing extremely well in the KHL right now, correct? And yeah, he's a you know, uh, top part, five in scoring. You always, yeah, and you always want to guys that surprise you. I mean, that makes your organization so much better. That when I say surprise, like a Jesper Bratt. I mean, did anybody else yeah. even know who Jesper Bratt was? A sixth rounder, or, or Something along those lines, 6th, 7th rounder, coming to the Devils as a 19-year-old going, opening eyes and and having an impact right away. I have a gut feeling we're going to see that from this Devils team. We're going, I can't believe I didn't count on that guy making the team. I didn't count on that guy scoring 20 (laughs) goals. That makes your organization better day in, day out. We've heard Tom Fitzgerald and staff talk about we want to have sustainable success over the years where we're always a playoff contender, or at least a team that we know is going to make the playoffs and compete. Uh, But I think they can compete right away this season. uh, They're getting closer for sure. And I always stay reserved with the pieces we've added and these young guys. It's all up to them now, meaning we always want to, as media or being part of our organization, want to judge right away. Well, this team got an A on their uh, free agent signings and their offseason, this team in their trades, this team B, this team D. How do we know where they're at, really? (laughs) Let's see them play. Let's see how how they gel with the team. Let's see if the chemistry is there. We feel the Devils have gotten better, no question. And I think it's a little more subtle, but I like the subtlety because I like the additions they made so far.
0: And the truth of the matter is, though, while there may very well be improvement, and we hope, you don't know how things will shake out in terms of a divisional realignment temporary because of COVID-19. But even if there's limited changes the Devils are in the toughest division in hockey to begin with. And then if you add a boss, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, or what have you, you know, there's been a lot of rumors. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, uh, it's not going to be easy. And you won't have quote-unquote easy games because there are none, I know, but it's mostly yeah. going to be within that division, right? It's that's, those are the rumors. So you're not going to have an easy night at all. Dan, you talked about growth of a player. I know that from a very early age you felt, my game is NHL ready. I'm better than some of the guys you're you're keeping over me. I say that with respect because it's a one. <laughs> no, story. Oh, no question, so, man. Yeah, but I, when I did you
2: out of the young guys confidence, <laughs> baby, believe in yourself?
0: So when did you though really honestly get it all? It all came together emotionally, physically, preparation, the whole nine yards. Because I'm wondering what we might expect from Nico Heischer. As He enters his fourth year. He's been through a lot. He's still young. Like, what's that growth from three years to four years in the league?
2: Well, I think you, you hit it right there, right on the nail on the head, Matty, with the three to four years. Because I I look at, you know, as a 19-year-old, I was playing well. I break my leg. It's a setback. I go to the minors for a year and a half, up and down a little bit. Then I finally get back uh, halfway through the, was it 85, 86, something along those lines. It's a long time ago. And then 88 rolls around. We make the playoffs with a group of young guys for the first time. I felt that was probably the 87, 88 season. And when Lou lamarillo came for the first year and we made the class, that that was kind of a lot of young guys coming out party, including mine, as far as I'm a national hockey league player. I I'm a, a piece uh, that the organization needs. I'm confident now. I know I'm going to, be in the lineup and and be a guy ready to contribute on a nightly basis. And it, it took three, four years, exactly what you had just mentioned. So we've always talked about sky's the limit for Nico. He's a mature young man. He came in as an 18 year old and his 200 foot game was remarkable because we don't see that too often from an 18 year old. And now it's about maybe even growing that offensive upside. We know he's got the capabilities and that's what confidence. So I think this is going to be a very intriguing, interesting year, and I'm excited to see what Nico Heischer can do from the standpoint, from an offensive side, uh, standpoint, if it was an 82-game schedule, and we hear it's probably not going to be quite that. But to be a 70-, 80-point guy and then bring out all the other intangibles he brings to the organization, leadership, and a defenseman's dream in his own zone because he's always in the right position. But I would say, you're right, Matty, players are different. It can be two, three, four years. He's had an impact right since he's came to the Nash Hockey League, but I think we've only touched the tip of, tip of the iceberg with Nico sure and this is a big year for him.
0: Do you think he can hit in a regular season that 70, 80-point mark, you know, in a full season? Because that's not easy anymore. That that That's a lot in the current NHL.
2: It's not. Do I think he's capable? No doubt about it. Um, and, and the key is I don't always just look at me and you have talked about this a lot, Matty, over, over the – time spent on planes and chat and hockey and the devils in the league and everything else. I don't just put the onus on offensive numbers. It's about scoring a big goal, making the big play at the right time to help your team win games. Not when you're up five, two and you get, you add one and one after that. Don't get me wrong. That's always nice, but that's just accumulation. So would we like to, him to have 70, 80 points? Is that uh, going to help the devils win more hockey games? Of course. But maybe if he had 60 points, but he has eight, nine game winners and eight, nine game winning assists, then that's just as effective. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I always like to throw that out as well. Everybody just looks at numbers and so often we see that, well, that guy had 94 points, but the team did nothing. Do you know what I mean? So it's not just about the numbers. It's about making players better around you and and making his wingers uh, better as well. I think Nico's capable of that.
1: (laughs) He really is. And I think what's also really important to point out with Nico is that from day one, it really feels like from day one, he had the trust of whatever line mate was playing with him because they could see that in him, particularly when it came to the defensive side of the puck.
2: Yeah, no question. That's that's what I'm at as an 18-year-old. And when, when the Devils drafted him number one overall, everybody said he's the most complete player as far as an 18 year old and big reason why I went number one, but I, I was skeptical. I go, I don't see too many 18 year old center coming to the (laughs) national hockey league and really understand how to play in their own zone. And then I watched Nico right from day one. I'm going, man, he, he just gets it. He's just responsible. He anticipates. Well, He helps the defenseman defenseman out, and that's why I always say a defenseman's dream. When you have a centerman that knows what he's doing in your zone because you're going to make mistakes in your zone. And when I was a defenseman and when I turned the puck over or when I was down low and, and overplayed something, there was my centerman to bail me out. you love that type of player. And certainly Travis Ajak, the veteran guy, has done that for years as far as Uh, being a defenseman's uh, dream as well. But now you got a young kid steps right in and you know, he's going to be responsible on both ends. But again, we want him to elevate his offensive game, which he will, but he knows what he's doing. He he knows the game. He's a very smart hockey player.
1: Dano, how many shortened seasons did you play?
2: Just one. I believe Amanda, the first year we won the Stanley cup, 94, 95, it was only a 48 game schedule. And that was so. I want to know,
1: like, what's the biggest difference? Like, what do you feel as a hockey player when you have less runway playing more often?
2: Well, urgency, I guess. And and Maddie had touched on it's going to be a lot more divisional games or all divisional games, or just the the East Coast. Obviously, that's what it looks like. And there's some tough opponents, right, for sure. So sometimes that can be a good thing because you elevate your game on a nightly basis. You're mentally prepared. You know, there's. There's games where you're not gonna go out west and, and relax and you know, maybe find a way to win and feel good about yourself. It's about every night is important. So especially playing in your division more often, especially with a yeah. shortened season amanda. So I just remember look, we came off ninety-three, ninety four and coming so close to going to a Stanley Cup final, losing double overtime we all know about against the New York Rangers in the Eastern Conference finals. We went in next season with Hunger, great anticipation, thinking the season was a start, and that was a negotiation thing with the league and the player Association, mm-hmm. obviously. So uh, there was a lockout at the time. Then we finally start playing in January, sometime in January, and now it's you got to get mentally fired up and charged yeah. up. And we didn't come out of the gate barrel. We didn't even have a great season because we were thinking we had to get right back to the playoffs because we knew we were so close. We were one of those rare teams that uh, were able to turn – turn the not turn the, the spigot on a little later when we just kind of sauntered into the playoffs but you better not saunter too early especially when it's shortened season because you'll find yourself on the outside looking in right away so I just think you got to be ready to go and these guys look when you're off that long they're going to be ready man they're going to be fired yeah. up but yeah your antenna has to be up even a little bit more because there's a lot of good teams in the Metro Maddie and you <laughs> mentioned that it's a tough division mm-hmm. but that's okay don't be scared of it the uh, Go after it and say, we're going to be ready to compete. Rise the to Cam- the occasion. Rise to the yeah. occasion. We're going to compete with those great teams in, in the Washington Capitals and Columbuses and Rangers and, and whoever it may be uh, in the Metropolitan Division, Carolina Hurricanes. There's a lot of good teams. We know that.
0: You had lunch this summer with a couple of Devils prospects. Three. I shouldn't say a couple. Three. What's What's the old saying? Two's a couple. Three's a crowd. Anyway, um, Tell us a little bit about what you found out about some of the go those guys. It was, uh, what, Riley Walsh? Yeah. Kevin, was it Kevin Ball?
2: Ball and uh, Nikita O'Chuck. You, is that right? Nikita O'Chuck. <laughs> Nikita
0: O'Hot oh, Chuck. Nikita,
2: Nikita. Oh, hot. Chuck. Oh, hot. Chuck, man. Me and you have discussed this a hundred <laughs> times. I'm not he even sure I got it right. I, I think I did. But me. By the way, he had the same attitude as me. People would say Dan Yanko, Dan- Danico. I'm like... Call me whatever you want. As long as I'm playing for the New Jersey Devils, he's got that kind of hunger. I love him. He's big. He's strong. It seems like so long ago, but I I really enjoyed it. That was something that was one of the best things during my long time off here. We were talking about that earlier in the show. What have we been doing with our time? And yet it was only a lunch, but I felt young again. I felt, uh, you know, uh, just seeing what these guys are Ready to come up and, and and go into their first training camp, you know what I mean? To to get that opportunity to be a national hockey League player and already being drafted and, and signed along the way here. So it was interesting. These guys, they all bring a different element. They're big, Kevin Ball and Oh how- yeah. <laughs> Nikita, Nikita, Nikita. <laughs> It'll take me a while. I <laughs> will <laughs> <laughs> keep trying, but Nikito, they, they they were engaging. Riley Walsh is that offensive. You know, guy that we talk about, the new age defenseman that can join the attack, had a great college career, and he was asking me about defensive aspects of the game, how he can improve. So they were very inquisitive. They were very engaging. And, you know, we talked about the Devils organization, uh, the covers being very shallow or thin, shall I say, uh, not stocked as far as prospects on the back end, right? Well, all of a sudden, now you have some prospects on the back end. May take a year or two. And one of us may, might surprise us right away and maybe buy for a spot uh, this season, but uh, loved it. They're, they're hungry. They want to play and uh, they're big. I, that's what impressed me. I said, boy, Kevin Ball's a big man. He's thick, you know, and from what I hear from Kyle Plummer, who's been skating with him, he's pretty mobile. I played in a golf charity outing with with Kyle and he says, yeah, he says, I, I, I liked his size. We need size them back in the back end. And then he goes, and then I went on the ice and I, I didn't know what to expect. He was, he's actually pretty mobile. So that's kind of <laughs> a good thing, right? So it's an exciting time for the organization. Like I said, and we just have to be a little bit patient, but, but I really enjoyed it because they were really at firing a lot of questions at me. We were asking a lot of things and uh, about the game and my experience and, and positioning and, you know, what makes a successful national hockey league and, and I gave them a lot of Larry Robinson-isms and what Larry had taught me. And I said, if you can't listen to Larry Robinson, I'm just relaying what, what he taught me about positioning and things like that. And then I, what I did relay, Maddie, you touched on it, Amanda, earlier is get noticed right away. I mean, I had confidence. I believe I should play. I was The game was different. I get it. And I felt I had the physical attributes. But I wanted to play right away. That doesn't mean you're going to. That doesn't mean you're disappointed that you might have to spend a little time in the AHL with the Binghamton Devils. You have to continue to nurture, and that might – everything happens for a reason. But go in your first game, your first training camp practice, like you're going to make the hockey club and get noticed by the staff.
1: I think, you know, you mentioned that they asked you a lot of questions. I think that's also half the battle when it comes to being a young player. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, being willing to step out of your comfort zone and ask, you know, questions. What do you see in my game? Like, I, I, I'm I'm really impressed because you don't hear that every day. You know, some people might be shy to to have their game criticized right in front of you. That speaks to the type of people and players they are.
2: A lot of times, Amanda, and- I didn't know. I don't know if I had the, all all the answers. In fact, I probably didn't. But like I said, I just relayed what some of the yeah. great coaches taught me. And one was Irons and one was Jacques Lemaire, and, and different coaches along the way that that really gave you an understanding of the game. And, and the, you know, I, not that I've seen these guys play a whole lot, I've seen oh. a little bit of video. And I saw Kevin Ball in the World Junior uh, Championships with Team Canada. And look, when you're six foot seven. You've got an advantage with reach and size and maybe be able to box out better, something the Devils want to continue to, to add to the back end. But you don't make Team Canada with all the talent they have in juniors just because no. you're six foot seven. so he has a lot of other attributes. But it just was about – all I can relay is just the mentality more right now because there's so much they're going to have to learn as they go along here and they're going to get great uh, guidance from Lindy Ruff and Nazardine and, and, and the coaching staff certainly – but just that, just the attitude to come in with. And it's not cocky or it's not arrogance, but it's okay to be a little cocky in my opinion and to believe in yourself. And and like I said, go for it. I'm I'm real big on that. I hate when guys come in too tentative, too gingerly. And it seemed like all these guys are, you know, engaging and and we're asking questions, Amanda, that they want to know what it's going to take for them to play now. That doesn't materialize always, but I want that attitude. I think that's the best attitude to go in with.
1: And tell me, they offered to pick up the bill? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well,
2: our buddy Frosty, you know, obviously, who kind I of know, I just put all this together. And <laughs> I think you might have got a credit card from somewhere else. But <laughs> I really appreciate because we ate like kings. I love it was Portuguese restaurant. We went to into Newark. Um, what's the name of the place? I just went blank. Terrible, but I love it, and the guys love that we picked out. So. <laughs> was, I go there, with, Margaret. What's the name of the place? We fornos. That's my wife helping me up. Her there we go. In Newark, I want to give them a little shout out and plug. Uh, uh, right around the Prudential Center, right around the corner, it was awesome food, and the boys loved it, and I just love it. I think I got out of as much out of it as <laughs> those guys did because. <laughs> It got, as you see, I'm a little fired up talking about it because I was fired up. I'm excited about the direction of the organization. I was excited to see we have some good young defensive def- defensemen in the uh, prospects in the in the pipeline.
0: <laughs> well, just like you had centers who covered up for an occasional mistake you might have made, uh, covered up down low for you back in the day, Margaret covered up for that. Margaret, that yeah, <laughs> that's like well, she's pop. your reliable you centerwoman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And,
2: Don't they always, Maddie? I mean, as we say, uh, they're the brains of the operation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No question about it. I am better off for Maggie Brady being in my life for these many years. Anyway, uh, I'll kind of wrap things up here. Boy, time has flown here. Um, What do you think about the new uni, the reverse retro? Really like it. Uh, I I do too. It's a very cool green. I love that.
2: It's a very crisp, sharp green, uh, unique, different. And didn't know what to expect obviously I like a lot of the jerseys throughout the National Hockey League I I love variety I'm very open-minded with that I you know it just a little twist a difference Adidas and all the National Hockey League teams uh, did a terrific job with it I mean obviously you want uh, something the fans can get excited about whether it's for a game or two and obviously it's a business and merchandising but it's as sharp as uh, I think it could have been and you know eventually we'll continue to grow I I like some people say well we want tradition we don't want to change and that is the tradition where we started uh, with the green and red and obviously it's reverse uh, uh, idea by Adidas or whoever came up with it I think Adidas and the National Hockey League and all the, the different organizations pretty cool so I can't wait to to get my Danico 3 I'm not too old to get a (laughs) <laughs> Another who cool. And I, 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 down the road here, Maddie, Just a little break. Told me I may be modeling it before the season. Ooh, nice. on GQ you know,
1: cover for a yeah, GQ, GQ cover.
2: Yeah, not that I'm the model model material at 56 years old, but uh, we we just may have that jersey on sooner than later uh, in the near future here. So <laughs> somebody looking forward to say. seeing <laughs> that. But I think I mean, what's really nice. Oh, oh, go I ahead. I want to ask you guys. I'm not just saying it because it's ours. Hey, 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 and, and I would get, try to give as good an honest opinion as I can, but I think it looks pretty darn sharp.
1: <laughs> uh, I, it's really sharp, and I think what's really great about it is it doesn't necessarily have the feel of a gimmicky um, jersey, and it's one that you can see being worn on a regular basis, and it's just so sharp. And I think, like when when you look at what other people were saying, when you know you get all those like ranking of the jerseys. New Jersey's was really up there on so many um, different people's uh, jersey lists. But I do have to say, I'm very excited to see the Colorado Avalanche yes. with the Nordiques jersey. I mean, that's really cool, too. Yeah, I,
2: I read all everything online and everything's subjective in a matter of opinion. But that's one of the nicer ones, just because the old Quebec Nordiques with their colors. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of teams... Uh, hit it out of the ballpark, including the New Jersey Devils, because I I love ours. And and like I said, I like variety, Amanda. I I think this day and age of marketing and fan engagement and young fans, you want to spice it up a little bit and you want to have different jerseys every once in a while. I think it's fantastic.
1: And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Sorry, Maddie, to interrupt because – you know, some people can feel so old school and so attached yeah. that you can't sort of envision something new and refresh. So it's actually very refreshing to hear someone who wore that jersey for so long to appreciate the oh, you know new sure. generation of it.
2: No, I love it. I, I think it's great. I think it, fans are going to love it. And look, we even do another one down the road and a black scheme. This scheme, I think it's great. I think uh, you, you have to stay open minded and it just gives it a little spice for for a yep. game or two or each year you get excited about a retro jersey
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no I agree and, and to me one of the best things they do it was not touch the logo right a lot of teams yep. had to do that uh, they kept they kept the logo that we know and love they just changed the color and that's a nice deep pine barren green you know we were so poor we didn't even have crayola eight box <laughs> I had a four box that was it four <laughs> crayons that was it mom <laughs> was and dad so said this is it uh, so never <laughs> These mind. These are your colors. <laughs> never mind. Like I, I was basic as basic could be. Never mind a pine barren green, but it's pretty cool. I do love the colors, a nice deep green. And Dano, I can't wait to see you on uh, wearing it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I cannot either, Maddie. I love it, and I can't wait to see. More importantly, the New Jersey Devils of twenty twenty one on the ice wearing these jerseys and that we're in a hockey game soon
1: <laughs> just to um just to to point things that that photo shoot you're doing is for the cover of gq right
2: yeah well i, I <laughs> told them not to steal it even if they didn't want me amanda but uh, you're darn right so i better be on the cover of gq that's what day. i thought <laughs> even though i have a face for radio
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate, Dano, your exuberance. We appreciate your charm. We appreciate all you've done for the team and continue to do. And we appreciate I it. miss you guys. Yeah, I miss oh, you, we too, miss
2: you too, too, Dano.
1: I miss what what our bus mean, rides, do you don't I, you guys?
2: I, I'm just dressed up in <laughs> devil's hair, devil paraphernalia. I mean, I'm like a kid in the candy store here, getting chomping at the bit to get us going.
1: <laughs> I what? so miss our bus rides, guys.
2: Yeah, we spent a we lot still of time together. To for
1: not a little longer, Amanda. But I know.
2: I appreciate the time here, certainly on Zoom, and uh, getting to talk a little hockey and about our team and and what to expect in the upcoming season.
0: Face to face, Dano. Shortly. Thanks very much, Pat. <laughs> Bye, guys. Great being on with you. We spent a lot of time <laughs> with Dano, Amanda, and we did end it just in time because if he started to sing, oh,
1: as no, he I'm often out.
0: does on our bus rides from the rink to the plane or from the plane to the hotel, whenever we're together, he gets that gravelly voice going and it just stays with you for the rest of the day, that song, whatever it is he well,
1: Well, the important part to note about Danos singing a song is that he doesn't actually sing a song. He will <laughs> sing one or two lines from a song over and over and over again. So it's like not like you even get the song stuck in your head. You just get like those two lines on like a rotation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the best part, if it's a long ride, say, from oh, okay. the airport to the plane, you know, the conversation will drift to something else or people bury their head in their phones, checking out scores from around the mm-hmm. league or news on Twitter, whatever. And then invariably somebody <laughs> – Will just that, say yep. the first two sing the first two lines of that song and Dano just picks it right up. <laughs> it just, it's just he's prodded. You it's, you poke the bear a little bit and he just sings. And I don't even realize, I don't know if he realizes he's doing it. He's got his phone in funniest. front of him, and, but all of a sudden something, out it comes. Somebody mentions That's it what I and he's frightened.
1: So much, Maddie, is you know, we have so much fun on our jobs. We're so lucky to do what we do and continue to do. But it's those little moments, you know, our bus ride from Prudential Center to Newark Airport is what, 10 minutes? We have so much fun in yeah. those ten minutes. Yeah, I, I yeah. really miss that. I really the, miss
0: that. I do miss the fraternity, uh, the, the the family atmosphere that we have developed over the years. And someday soon, uh, we'll be able to relive them in some form or another. Don't know how yep. much road, how many road trips we'll be making, whatever. But that is for some time down the road. For now, let's wrap things up on this edition of Speak of the Devils for my longtime partner, Amanda C. Stein. I'm Matt Laughlin. Thanks for your company, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.